Gentlemen, welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. We are glad that you are with us as we get started. A friendly reminder that nothing we say here is meant to be perceived as the official statement of doctrine or belief of any particular school, church, or calling body. We are not affiliated with any particular school, church, or calling body, and that everything we say here is simply the belief or opinion of the man who states it and nothing more. Let's get started with the show. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. I didn't know you were coming, so I, was oh, like, really? I thought it was going to be only me yeah, and him. And I was like, so. I have no clue what to say. Like, yeah, competition is good. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty competitive. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the first time I sat on the side of the table. Yep. I can put my arm, I can put my arm around you and everything. Right? Share the love. A little brotherly love going on. <laughs> All right, uh, we are on. So welcome to the broadcast. Uh, I'm Charlie Ungemach. We got Ezra Bloomer, and go ahead, say your what is the whole name here? My full name. Uh, my full name is Kostantin Skarenki, but people usually just call me Kostya. It's a lot easier. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> say that again. Kostantin Skarenki. Okay. You want, what's the story behind that name? <laughs> so my last name is Skarenki. That I got from my dad, and. Uh, Constantine, I actually had to be born a girl. My parents, till the last moment, they were thinking uh, it's going to be a girl. Okay. So my name is supposed to be Christy. <laughs> but then I was born, and Christy, Kostya, kind of has the same similar sound. So parents just like, let's just call him Kostya. Wow. Okay. You actually you had a story behind that. I thought it was just going to be like you <laughs> making something up, but you actually had a story behind it. Yeah. Was- and you are – so you're not – what's what's a little bit of your background? So you are you from Ukraine, right? <laughs> okay, yes. I'm an international student at Martin Luther College. Uh, it's my sophomore year. Um, my sophomore year of high school, I transferred to Luther Preparatory High School. And uh, in the end of my junior year, I made a decision that I want to study to be a pastor. So after I graduated high school, I went to Martin Luther College awesome. to pursue my pastor career. <laughs> nice. So why prep? Like, So obviously, at some point, you were always thinking a little bit about it to come to prep, right? Or was it just to get to America? It was so spontaneous. I found out about prep in July, and uh, in the midst of August, I was already packing my stuff. Nice. That's crazy. It was very spontaneous. How many hours by plane is Ukraine to prep? It's like about, (laughs) it's about 20 to 30 hour travel. Can you fly straight there, or do you have to make some stops along the way? You can if you have a lot of money, but I do that. <laughs> the more stops you take, uh, the cheaper it is. And it's okay. actually super fun to travel with the stops. You can just, like for me, for example, I can stop at Munich. I can, if I have a eight-hour layover, I can just walk out of the airport, take a bus downtown, see Munich, come back two hours before my flight, and then jump on the airplane and, you know, and go where I'm supposed to go. Yeah. That's awesome. So were you Lutheran in Ukraine or my we have a Ukrainian Lutheran church. You will see some both of my parents are members of that uh, of the congregation in Kiev. And yes, I grew up Lutheran. I was baptized in a Lutheran church and uh, my whole life I grew up going to church. I didn't have a good I didn't have a good uh, surroundings. I went to a regular public school. A lot of my friends, most of my friends were not uh, even Christian or anything, they were just like, I did not grow up in a very good environment. So prep definitely affected me in a very good way. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I, I've been, I've counted that as a blessing multiple times in my own life to just boot, to have been surrounded by Christians the whole way through, even though it wasn't always, you know, bliss. It was certainly, <laughs> certainly has turned out to be a blessing for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so before we get too far in, we got to mention the show sponsor. Kasti, have you tried any beard oil? Do you put anything in your beard? 
<laughs> no, I don't. No? Okay, well, not, we're going to change that today. <laughs> so uh, the show sponsor is Brigger Beard General Beard Oils and Supplements. You can find uh, their product at sites.google.com forward slash Brigger Beard General or on Facebook. But uh, he's got this line of beard oils and supplements. Uh, my favorite, this is a good one. That's Whiskey Barrel. My favorite's Deep in the Woods. That's this one. So you just got to you take a little bit. Let me smell it. Oh, yeah. It smells great. Oh, it does, it does smell really good. Wow. <laughs> yep. Because especially this time of year, it gets really dry. You can use some if you want. If you trust me. Try it. But this time of year, like especially, it. it gets really dry. Oh, that smells so good. And you put it you put it in your skin? You just put yeah, it, in you your put it right in your beard. Yep. Esther, do you want some too? It's nope, essential sorry. oils and such. <laughs> and no it, beard uh, for me. Yeah, it really moisturizes it. Do you ever get like dandruff from your beard you know i do yeah so this will take care of it and this will keep your skin nice and nice and why because when when you uh when you wash your beard like you lose all the oils and things that are naturally there obviously you don't want to be too oily um but uh you start to lose all that when you wash your beard so this helps replace it you know i think real man if he has an opportunity he has to have a beard oh absolutely you know like if if you're gonna gird up you need to have a beard. that's right yeah it's like you know if you doesn't it smell amazing wow that was heavenly yeah if i could oh it it just smells so good it does it gets a little overwhelming sometimes with a mask on (laughs) but i mean just walking around everyday life and also you can't tell me a girl doesn't smell that and be like wow (laughs) that guy smells good if we could invent a way for a podcast to have also smell cast yeah like a scratch and sniff i think i think our viewers would be very very content with the or you could just try the product yourself. That so go is check true. out and say thanks to Nate Hensler. Make sure you tell him that we sent him. Um, that sent you there. Or, yeah. Are there a lot of beards in like uh, in your area over there, or not? I mean, I think of you know Ukraine and Russia and some of those other Big countries over there. You think beards, right? Is that the case, or is that just? Uh, actually, not really. Uh, not really. I've seen a lot more people with the beard here than I've seen at home. People just like. They just don't grow it out. It's actually very common, especially right now. Uh, Russia and Ukraine became more like Europeanish. Okay. So a lot of people actually shave their bodies, shave their armpits, shave their face. I thought European women didn't shave their armpits. Isn't that what all the boys were saying in like no, fifth grade? No, everyone, yeah, everyone <laughs> shaves everything. Like, you, just, like you, see, okay. you see people with no hair. So like, I wouldn't fit in. It's just saying. People with hair like, everywhere. Yeah, if you showed up with a beard and flannel, they would have said, "Yeah, he's an American." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any. I don't think there's. If there would ever be any doubt in anyone's mind anywhere in the world that I'm an American. <laughs> It'd be that pretty easy true. to figure out. Uh, so today's conversation is about um, competition, um, and uh, it's one of those things that oftentimes just thrown into the mix as toxic masculinity, right? Uh-huh. Um, where especially the uh, more liberal parts of the world. It gets pointed to as the reason for a lot of our challenges as men is that we are constantly competing with each other, um, and that's not to say that all competition all the time is bad or, or is good. Mm-hmm. Um, there certainly is time are times when it becomes toxic, unhealthy, uh, unhealthy for sure. For sure yeah, um, but it is a natural part of the way God made men. It's a very important part of the way God made men, and it's a vital part of growing up as a kid, mm-hmm. um, and even a vital part of sorting ourselves out as men. So I just want to talk to that a little bit. And I invited you to because, well, Kostya, um, you are big into weightlifting. Oh, yeah. Um, very strong, pound for pound, stronger than I am for sure. But you probably <laughs> are stronger than I am anyway. Um, and uh, it's not – and the interesting thing about weightlifting is it's not necessarily always – unless you're like in a meet, it's not necessarily like head-to-head competition. But that doesn't mean that you're not like eyeing up the guys around you and poking and prodding each other a little bit, you know. Um, and so it definitely is competition even if you're not – it's not like a structured uh, competition all the time where you're like giving away prizes. I mean, it is kind of every time you're in the gym, uh, at least for me, every time I'm in the gym, it is kind of a little bit of like – you know, looking around, seeing who the top dog is, you know. Um, and Ezra, I lo- love watching you play basketball because uh, you get after it, man. I also I and uh, what I think the clearest piece of that is that you never, ever guard somebody your own size on the yeah. basketball court, ever. Love it's always bigger. some dude who's way bigger than you, and you have no business guarding him, and you still do all right most yeah. of the time, um, which just, man, you got – I don't know. I, I like to call that calling having teeth, you know? Yeah. Like, you can't – there's no no point in being a dog if you don't have teeth, you know? It's because I lift more than both of you. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, 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 that's probably. Yeah, absolutely. People gonna watch a video. It's gonna be like, yeah, Azra definitely. (laughs) Yeah, clearly that. Clearly that guy. Hopefully, I look good from this angle. (laughs) (laughs) He's flexing for the rest of it. You sit up straight. I wore my baggy sweatshirt too. Hopefully, people see those strong biceps and arms. You know. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Hopefully. And that's the case for most men. Is that we are generally very competitive. Yeah. Um, and that takes all kinds of different forms. Some dudes play video games. Some guys get into sports. Some guys. You know, uh, going to the get into the stock market and brag about how much money they can make. It's all you know. They're all keeping up with the Joneses. It's all competition, yeah. right? Um, so, what is it that you guys think? What do you think makes men so competitive? Like, why do men compete so much all the time? I feel like, okay, I feel like uh, it's not just men. I feel like it's just people in general like okay. to compete and compare yourself to other people. I feel like it's just kind of our nature. I feel like. Girls compete really well too. I've That's seen some true. girls in the basketball, and I'm like, holy! Like it is a girl from uh, Bethany. We're playing uh, MLC, and it was mm-hmm. a girl number fifty. And dude, she's a total beast. Like all of the guys were watching her play, and they were like, she has to be a man. Like she plays <laughs> basketball like a man. Like she's just right. She would like she would overpower everyone. Yeah. She would uh, when she went for a rebound, she would like box you out and you would be like she would box you out so hard that you're gonna be flying like (laughs) she was she was tough and i'm like wow this this girl knows how to compete so like i feel like anyone can compete not just men like everyone can just because it's our nature right well and i think that that i mean so what when you say something like you know she competed like a man obviously that's not put i don't care that it's not politically correct but it isn't politically correct but it is a huge compliment um and i think that in because we know inherently Oftentimes, that's how men compete, right? Um, what do you think it is that? Like, I, yeah, you're right. Girls do compete with each other a lot, even even outside of the realm of sports. You know, that's mm-hmm. why teenage girls get catty with each other, right? It's all competition, um, but it comes from a different angle and often takes a little different form, um, and can be just as toxic yeah. when it gets perverted. Um, what do you think? Why do, why do men compete so much? Yeah, I think from my own personal experience, because that's the only one I can talk from. Uh, I think. For me personally, I really enjoy the tension that it takes to overcome something. And so what competition provides me as a, as a guy, as a, as a young man growing up, was an opportunity to overcome something, to see a challenge before me, and then put all I am into trying to beat or um, trying to accomplish something. And so uh, I think that struggle of you know trying to wrestle with, am I going to get over the hump? Am I going to get to the point uh, where I'm trying to set my goal is something that uh, can be really satisfying. And also, I think not only if you do accomplish that goal, but um, even if you fall short, it's something that just drives you forward as a human being, drives you forward as a guy because you have something to strive for. You know, Uh, you look around and you say, like, how can I become the best person that I possibly can be? Which uh, I think as as human beings, you know, we should be striving for that. As being the best person that we can be so yeah. it's an opportunity to test yourself it is yeah yeah so it's an opportunity to test ourselves right it is yeah um why is that such a valuable thing to test ourselves you know yeah it's built into us as boys so why why are we testing ourselves all the time uh i feel like i did wrestling and uh i did wrestling since i was little since I was like five six years old and on my opinion wrestling is like the most competitive sport and one lesson that I've learned is how to be mentally tough mm. uh, it's like it's a huge lesson like how to be mentally tough and it helps you to overcome challenges like we have a lot of homework and sometimes it's even hard to start doing it and you have to be <laughs> and you have to kind of like mentally overcome yourself to sit there and read the book for hours yeah like it's a man it's some sort of mental toughness like it takes a lot of mental toughness to go to wrestling practice and wrestle guys for six straight minutes just like you just go at it hardcore yeah. or like when you're starving yourself before the tournament and you don't eat any food to make the weight and sometimes some guys I even seen go to the bathroom and puke right before the weigh-ins and then <laughs> those guys go totally exhausted totally dehydrated they're going on a scale they're weighing in but then they, some of the guys are so mentally tough that they go out on the mat an hour later and they they beat each other up and they wrestle like a total savages. And mental toughness, it's one of their, it's one of their lessons that I've learned from competing in sports, from competing 
uh, in wrestling, doing Olympic lifting. That's like every time I fail the lift, I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to be like, I'm going to do it all over again. I'm going to try to get it because I'm pretty confident I, I can I can get it. Yeah. And it takes mental toughness to when you do clean and jerk, you clean the bar and it's extremely heavy. You got it on your shoulders. And I have this one second in my head being like, holy cow, this thing is heavy. I don't know if I can jerk it above <laughs> my head. But you have to tell yourself, no, you can. And you have to literally like I yell it to myself in my head before I jerk the bar. Yeah. In order to get the lift. And mental toughness and patience and perseverance, that's just a great lessons that I've learned from competing. Yeah. So, and that's, I think, that's the main reason why people do it, to grow and be mentally stronger in order to be able to overcome challenges, in order when you face something and you hit the wall, you don't think, oh man, I just going to turn around, probably go back. You're going to hit this wall again and again, you're going to pound until you go through and you find another way. Yeah. So. And it's obviously something that's going to be very valuable in the long run. Yeah. Right. If you can do that as an adult, you're going to have a far greater chance of success. Mm-hmm. What do you think, man? I I think the big question that many people deal with in life is like, am I going to let life dictate what happens to me or am I going to dictate life? And, um, you know, from a Christian perspective, obviously, we know that Jesus has everything in control, uh, which is such a comfort. But uh, God has still given us a life and he's given us, entrusted us with, you know, talents. You think of the parable of the talents and stuff. What are we going to do with those things? And you we look at that parable and what the, what did God say? What did God, uh, like encourage for the, that lesson? And it was the person that didn't just bury them, but actually used the gifts that God had given them to the best of his ability and, and did the work. And so, you know, for me as a, as a young Christian guy who's who's still figuring out life and stuff, I think, you know, I just see the talents that God's given me and the ability and and the 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 drive that he's given me. And um, my my desire in life is to just, you know, do as as best as I can with the with what he's given me. And I think, um, you know, competition allows a driving motivator constantly to keep to keep motivating me to use those gifts. Cause I think it, without competition, without, um, you know, having good competition with other guys, um, without having competition with, you know, my grades with Greek, you know, I don't think that I would necessarily be as, as proactive would strive to be the person that I'm trying to be, um, because I would become complacent. And I think what competition provides is, uh, opportunity and a motivating factor not to be complacent in life. So. Yeah, yeah, I see that in myself big time. Like <laughs> yeah. the, the Greek is a good example yeah. of that. Um, like when when you know it's not going to get graded, how hard do you really study? You know, Dude, um, yeah, like it. That's tough. Or it's tough. or when you don't have class in a day. Yep, you don't study. Yeah. You know, yeah. This no week way. for me. And you don't open a book for like today. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, and now I'm going to have to do it all on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, and I, it, But uh, I guess in every phase of life, we get this false sense of security. I think we're okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we start to think we're better than we are or even just start to forget that we do have weaknesses if those weaknesses are never pointed out. Yeah. And it's not always fun and easy to have those weaknesses pointed out. Mm-hmm. But similar to, you know, like, if it's a basketball game and you get out-rebounded, like, 60 to 10, right? Like, you did awful. You're exposed. You are completely yeah. exposed. Yeah. If we're going to win another game, this is what we're going to have to do. Especially mm-hmm. once you get to the high school and college level, other teams are going to be noticing that on film, and they're going to come after they you. Expose you, right? Yeah. Um, so now you have, you know what you need to do better, and you can go do that. Yeah. Um, and the same thing is true, like, in every phase of life. If there isn't uh, something or someone somewhere either who you can look at and be like, wow, they're doing better than I am yeah. or who is hold, actively holding you accountable. Um, it's, there's very small, very few people have the drive to keep pushing anyway, even though uh, there's nothing to keep them there. You know, yeah. I like a, gr- a great example of that like, again is, is the weight room mm-hmm. or even like, well, I don't know. I think a better example would be grade school basketball. How <laughs> often do you see middle school basketball players who are like, man, I'm going to play in the NBA, yeah. man, I'm the best player at my school. That was me. That was me. Right. That, well, I would, no, I would absolutely. venture to say you probably were a baller when you're in like seventh and eighth grade. <laughs> I, I, I dabbled. But like when you go to a basketball tournament and you see teams 
you know, like a middle school basketball tournament, you'll see a team win twice and go home, right? Yeah. And they put up a total of, you know, what, 20 points for the yeah. whole tournament. And there's still going to be a couple of kids on that team that walk in on Monday morning like, yeah, I'm a basketball player. <laughs> and uh, they, they never get a taste of – they never get a taste – they have a false sense of excellence because they've never tasted what actual success and actual excellence yeah. feels like, you know, mm-hmm. and what it actually looks like. Um, and I think a lot of people get lulled into that. Um, and not that we shouldn't be content. We certainly should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there also has to be a healthy dose of self-improvement going on yeah. all the time. I think in today's day and age, like people just don't like to be exposed for their weaknesses. And I think competition exposes people for weaknesses. And, um, you know, for my personal life, like I don't like being exposed for my weaknesses when, you know, I fail that Greek test or, you know, I get out rebounded which happens quite a lot when i'm <laughs> facing uh you know pretty tall when you're dudes. five foot ten yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> five ten yeah um but like it is through our weaknesses that we we get better we improve and um so i think you know competition provides opportunity to improve on those weaknesses and i think the key point that you keyed on was like expose those weaknesses like we actually know what they are rather than like have this false sense of accomplishment you know yeah, yeah. and i I really like the point that you make and the, the point that you made about exposing other people's weaknesses. And we can say exactly the same thing about our Christian life too. You ha- you see people that are saying, oh, my relationship with God is good. Like, I'm I'm, I'm good Christian. <laughs> you ask them about your spiritual life. You ask people about how's your praying life is going. And they're like, oh, I'm a good person. I'm decent Christian. But like, and some people just, you know, and then you ask them, how many times do you pray? Or when was the last time you prayed? And then people are like, ooh, I don't, I don't, I don't last know. Last time I was in really big trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I prayed really hard for 10 minutes and we haven't really talked since. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on. I think you're absolutely right. Um, and it has to make you uncomfortable. And oh, I think that, well, that's the, I mean, that's the truth is you can either wait until life makes you so uncomfortable you're not okay with it anymore mm-hmm. or you can just consistently make yourself uncomfortable so that when uncomfortable times come you're prepared for it like i think i don't remember where i heard this but i've heard people say before that um we for some reason believe that pain is bad yeah. especially in this day and age especially in our society right now we believe pain just pain in general is bad mm-hmm. and pain is not inherently bad obviously nobody wants to be in pain all the time yeah um, but pain is a warning. Pain exists to be a warning for us that something isn't right. Mm-hmm. Uh, something isn't the way it ought to be and something needs to change. Yeah. Um, and especially when it's a little bit of pain um, and uh, it's consistent, you can figure out what's going wrong um, before it becomes really big pain that isn't necessarily going to heal. Yeah. Yeah. Preach, brother. That was good. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. 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 So when you talk about weaknesses, how can you put into the perspective of a Christian life? Like what are the examples of everyday Christian life that you can just like, like are you talking about like sins that people struggle with and they're just afraid of acknowledge it? Is that can be well, the I case? I think complacency. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they go hand in in order. When people fall away from Jesus, it's not that they just lost track of Jesus. It's usually that they're focused on something else, right? They put something else on the throne. And it's a slow and process. That, yeah. And that really is that really is all sin is, is putting something else on the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, that The video that's going up probably at the same time, this one's going up, talking about self-control that I just did, kind of talks about that idea mm-hmm. of sin isn't, um, we get all twisted up and wrong about sin all the time. We start to imagine that sin is like me proving that God... Like so, the law, mm-hmm. the law and sin go together, right? So yeah. the law, the law isn't about me convincing God that I'm good. The law isn't about me making God happy. The law isn't about um, even like there's there's nothing in the law for me except to point out that I am not perfect, mm-hmm. right? So in the Garden of Eden, God had given them one expectation: fear, love, and trust in me above all things, right? And they failed to do that when they chose to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They chose not to follow directions. And now they've got sin. And um, we see throughout the history of the Old Testament, um, especially before the Ten Commandments are, are given, mm-hmm. we see people get blur the lines of sin. Um, you see, like, there wasn't a direct command by God, don't build a tower, right, at the Tower of Babel. Yeah. But he did say, spread out. 
Go fill up the earth. And they chose not to do that. Um, and so what God does in the law is just define his expectations for us so that we know whether or not we're sinning. And the things he puts on the sin list aren't there because he doesn't like us or that, yeah. you know, because he's testing us or something. He's just saying, like, look, I want you to be with me forever. And this is the best path to that. If you do these things or if you misuse these gifts, it's going to cost you your soul sooner or later. Yeah. Um, and when we think about it from that attitude, instead of seeing it as like a, you know, a check mark or a checklist of things I got to do mm-hmm. or even like a work order or something like that, we start to... When we look at it that way, we start to lose sight of who Jesus is and what my place is. Yeah. Um, and so I think um, I think when it comes to our Christian lives, that competition is that recogn- recognition that um, my purpose isn't about me at all. When my like when I think about purpose, I should be think like when I identify purpose in myself, it should be all about bringing Jesus to other people, mm-hmm. right? Oh, absolutely. Or, and like at least my family and friends, and even if I don't bring Jesus to anyone else, um, I should be in- terrified that I will at some point lose Jesus myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my life becomes all about Him and all about that relationship and about nothing else. Um, and say the complacency comes in when I start to go, like you said, I'm all right, I'm doing fine, like we're okay. You know, Jesus got me. We're good. I don't really need to put any work in. Uh, that's not the case at all because his end of the relationship is perfect. My end, I am constantly at risk of losing it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have to continue to refine my behavior and continue to assess so that I don't put myself in positions where I might lose it all. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, think I think what's important to recognize, too, is like God does not want you to be in pain. And like the entire reason he's given us the law is completely out of love. And it took me, to be honest with you, a long time to figure that out personally. And I still, you know, there's days when I don't recognize that and I fall short. Um, But like you talked about like, hey, the law is meant to keep God on the throne, keep God number one. And when we, you know, do other things, when we don't put God first, like that law, that law brings us back to the fact that we we have misplaced who's on the throne and it uh, let me tell you as somebody who's lived a life once or has like had moments in his life and a a large period sometimes of his life where um i haven't put god on the throne number one it's been a lot more painful for me oh yes and it's oh yes (laughs) and it's like where who am i in those moments and what why why am i going through such a dark period of time and you know, it all roots back to the fact that for those moments, I've put in, I've put God uh, in the back seat, and and somebody else is on that throne. Somebody else is dictating my life, who doesn't want the best for me. The devil is running the show, and I know one hundred percent he doesn't want what's good for me. Um, and so, it's important with those, you know, those daily Bible habits, those those um, active, you know, uh, habits of of being with Jesus on a daily basis reassures you and just reaffirms you and drowns that that person that wants to put the devil on the throne and uh keeps the one who needs to be on the throne on the throne yeah i really like uh where you started with that too the idea that god doesn't want like this wasn't the plan yeah from the beginning like from the beginning of time the plan was i'm going to keep these ones who i love with me mm-hmm. and the reason i'm making them is that like they're, they're gonna be my companions i'm gonna walk with them in the cool of the day in the garden right yeah um and humans threw that away and now we are where we are uh, but one of my favorite bible stories you know to emphasize that is the story i can't remember which army was attacking but elisha and his servant are in their house uh-huh. and um you know, there's an enemy army that surrounds i think it surrounds the city okay um, and elisha's servant comes to the door and elisha's just i'm pretty sure he's just chilling eating dinner <laughs> and the servant comes to the door and says like elisha you know i i couldn't tell you word for word what he says but he essentially says elisha why aren't you afraid uh and elisha says you know well, there's more of us than there are of them. Yeah. And uh, his servant's going, what are you talking about? You know, they've surrounded the city. The city's under siege. Um, and Elisha prays that he might see, you know, God's army. Um, mm-hmm. And the servant goes outside and looks around. And the hillsides around the entire, surrounding the enemy, the hillsides are full of the angel, the angel army. So it's yeah. the heavenly host is surrounding. And it's clearly they are in control of the situation. But God in his wisdom has allowed this enemy army to come and lay siege to the city. Mm -hmm. He's still in control and he isn't, I'm not like 
anyone who tells you God likes doing those things doesn't understand God. Yeah. Not that I completely understand God either. <laughs> but they don't understand his heart of yeah. love for mm-hmm. us. Um, that at times he will let incredibly difficult and challenging things come in. He's not sending them, but he'll pull back the defenses a little bit, let them come in, and do what he needs done in our lives. Um, but he is, no doubt, in control the entire time. Um, a lot of us, I think, sometimes get this idea that if I sin, God loses his power to control, you know, or he, he loses his ability to love me, or he something happens where God is no longer top dog. Or something yeah. bad happens right. to you and people are like, right. how can like, God let that happen? Right. And it's, it's, it's not that, well, I, it's not that he's trying to bring you back to him. Trying to, life make, sucks yeah, back because on the throne. you, it, life sucks because he wants you. Yeah. You know, um, one of my favorite, well, it was in a sermon, it was like a keynote presentation I've ever heard, um, was Nate Scharf talking about the idea of the, the, most important prayer a Christian can pray that nobody wants to pray, but that they should pray is that God would make life as difficult as necessary <laughs> so that he doesn't lose us. Oh, yeah. Like, Lord, if you need to make my life miserable in order to guarantee that I will be faithful to you, then send a storm, yeah. you know, let it be so. And, but if I could still be in heaven and have an easy life, that'd yeah. be nice, you know. But Lord, like you know me, you know what I need, and if you decide, you determine that I need to live an incredibly difficult life, send it, yeah, send it, because that's the most important thing, and that's faith, you know. Yeah. That is, yeah. And nothing wrong with living a difficult life, because just recently we were um, reading. Oh my gosh, how, what is this book of the God? Oh. Philippians. We were reading Philippians, and uh, Paul was writing in his letter about going through a persecution because he was sitting in the prison while he was writing that letter to the uh, uh, to the Philippi, to the new congregation in Philippines, and uh, they were struggling a persecution because Philippi was really a patriotic uh, place. Yeah. It was one of the Roman colonies, and they were going through. And he was talking about suffering, and he said that living. Uh, living in this living and suffering for Christ is good because in this way we are living it's like it's uh, it's kind of the way of living out the life of Christ and that's what we want to do we want to live out we want to live like Christ we want to mm-hmm. be like Christ and the reason why God gives us law again I, w- I won't say that uh, when you were talking about the law and God gives us a law because he loves us the reason why God gave us the law it's not to sh- not just it does to point out our sins, but not he did it not because he hates us and he s- tells us see how terrible you are you're gonna be damned. Mm-hmm. No, he gives us the law because he says I love you and those are the reasons why you need a savior. The mm-hmm. law points out point us out our savior. It shows that we need savior in our life. It points to Jesus. Everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. It's all comes to it. Like Old Testament is a shadow of shadow of what it what what is going to come of the savior. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why God gave us the law because God is completely loving and the reason why he gave us the law because we fell into sin. We fell short and he says, "I love you and I want you to be with me." And those are the reasons why you need him. Why you need an coming savior. Mm-hmm. Why I'm giving you my son to die on the cross. For all of your sins. Because I want you with me. God did not create hell for man. We were the ones who chose to fall short. We were the ones who doubted God. God did not create hell for man. That's that's good. I love it. He also broke out the, the D word. Damned. Damned. Yeah. Now we're going to have to put the explicit (laughs) little one. Gosh darn it. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it it, uh, that becomes important then about competition? So bringing this full circle, right? We've clearly made a connection between um, living a difficult life and even like um, recognizing the value of pain. Where does the competition come in then? Why would God have created us in such a way? Yeah, I guess I can start. I think competition gives us a lot of the the characteristics and helps develop a lot of those characteristics that we need to live those those lives. Like um, if I'm just going to sit complacently, uh, get knocked on my butt every single day as in uh, as I do in like competi- highly competitive situations, um, 
it's going to be really tough for me when, you know, life goes south and I'm having to deal with, you know, issues on every single side. Um, competition provides those characteristics to stand up and fight, you know, let's, let's get this thing done. Um, yeah, I think that's the biggest, the biggest blessing that I've seen from, you know, being a highly competitive person, like my strength finders, number one is competition. (laughs) Same here. Yeah. Yeah, So like, um, it's not always a blessing, but it, there's a lot of blessings to, uh, wanting to compete, wanting to improve your, improve yourself, um, so that you can, you can, um, be the best person that you, you, you are trying to be on this earth, you know? And it's not out of a motivation of, you know, myself, but rather it's just like trying to give God all the glory, you know, like God's, like I said before, like God's given us everything. He's given us new life. Like why would we not want to make the most of the life that he's given to us, you mm-hmm. know? And, you know, and I really like the idea is that like, you don't want to just be complacent. Yeah. You don't want to like being competitive not being over competitive is a good thing and i'm competitive person and very often i catch myself not even so much competing against other people and uh, comparing myself to other people very often i catch myself competing with myself yeah yeah because like for me competition it's not just about playing sports and competing against other people in my life most of the time i see myself and i'm and i'm making sure i'm competing against myself I'm making sure that every day I'm better than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do it. I'm not always like this. Yeah. I Not every day I'm very competitive, motivated, but I have a goal board in my room and I have exactly how much I lifted, what is my best recent best lift, how much I want to lift in the future, my goals, how many how much of a bible i want to read every day yeah what books i want to read every day my i have um right next to my goal board i have a little um uh, a read a little reading plan that i found online it's just just a random reading plan i just i found i'm just reading plan <laughs> for the bible the first image i printed it out. i was like okay good enough and you compete against yourself and you're making sure and it's like it's actually really cool you can find those online reading plans it's you can find them in a timeline so like you can read according to the time mm-hmm. or just or like according to like struggles like first month you're going to read about this struggle and then second month about sexual immorality and then third month you're learning about this oh, yeah. and it has this little and it has books of the bible and the little boxes and every time you finish reading you put a check mark and i'm making sure not always i'm not perfect sometimes i miss a day and sometimes i have to catch up but I'm making sure I check as many boxes as I can because I don't compete with anybody. I'm not saying, oh, how much you've read today. Oh, I've read more than you did. I read, I'm a better Christian than I'm you are. Christian. Yeah, I don't do this. I, I compete with myself. I'm making yeah. sure I'm a bet. I'm making sure I'm, my face is stronger. I'm physically stronger and I'm spiritually stronger than I was yesterday. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think the value of team sports too is incredible, uh, especially once you start talking about um, you know, getting into, I mean, really at any level, team sports are incredibly important because you're, I mean, essentially what you're doing is like sorting yourselves out, right? Um, and figuring out, like, essentially, you are constantly assessing yourself and the people around you in a situation where, I mean, it doesn't really matter that much, right? Like, you play receiver because you're good at catching. You play line because you're mm-hmm. a big, strong guy, you know? Um, or, on a basketball court, you're tall, you're a forward, you can dribble really well, but you can't shoot. Guess what? You're a point guard, Yeah, you know, Um, and so on and so forth. And nobody's getting, I shouldn't say nobody, nobody in their right mind, nobody who really understands what's going on is getting upset about that. Like you're sorting each other out by skill set, by opportunity, by capacity to help the team succeed. Mm -hmm. Um, And then eventually you're going to get in a situation where, you know, you don't have a tall guy. Yeah. You know, so somebody's got to play forward. Who's gonna be? Who's gonna make a sacrifice and be the short guy that goes and gets beat up playing forward all the time? You just know, call, just call Ezra Bloomer. Yeah, just call up Ezra. Ezra. <laughs> call up Ezra. <laughs> Guard for hire. Um, yeah. Small, very small forward for hire. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, or, or like you know, on the football field, you know, somebody gets hurt and you got to move out of your natural position and go play that. Somebody has to. You can't just yeah. not play that spot. Somebody's got to do it, right? Um, and so you start to learn um, that it's okay to assess each other. 
um, and you start to learn it's okay to have a place in a system. Um, and it's not judgy or whatever, no. um, like our society often says, you know, um, but it's a valuable part of the human experience, right? And it doesn't stop once you leave sports then. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get out into the workforce, you know, if you're working at Walmart, or flipping burgers at McDonald's, or if you're working in a law firm, different people have different strengths. And if you don't recognize your own strengths and weaknesses, um, you're going to continually be frustrated or you're going to be continually offended that people keep pointing out your strengths and weaknesses, right? If you're working at a law firm and you might know every letter of the law, like you might have memorized the darn (laughs) book, but if you can't litigate, you have no business in a courtroom. But I guarantee there's a couple lawyers around who... They can litigate real well. They can talk themselves out of any situation, but they don't know the law quite as well as they should, right? Oh, yeah. Team up. Be partners, yeah. you know? Um, same thing in ministry. You have pastors who preach really well. You got pastors who have who can preach all day, but have absolutely no bedside manner, you know? <laughs> Team up. One of you goes to the hospital. One of you preaches on Sunday. Well, it, not necessarily split it up that way, but, you know, that that kind of thing. Um, but if you've never competed, if you've never been on a team, it's, tough. it's not something that just comes naturally. No, yeah. Like every kid in fifth grade thinks they're going to be the next, you know, LeBron. Kyrie or yeah. LeBron or whatever. And they're all going to behave that way until they realize they're not. And you're going to naturally learn to sort yourself out, right? Um, well, frankly, it's even like right now the patriarchy, in quotation marks, we could argue about that all day, but the patriarchy is getting brutalized, right? By especially, especially like liberal media and well, the left in general, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not crapping on liberal media or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what we're doing here, but it is getting brutalized, um, and, and we forget a lot of times that there's value in hierarchy, um, particularly in crisis situations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what we don't think about, and I don't think we're consciously ever doing it, but we don't think about is when guys are competing with each other we're testing each other constantly and when those stressful situations happen like when was the last time like if you got in a car if the three of us were in a car accident and we all jumped out of the car together we wouldn't be arguing about who's going to go talk to the other driver i don't know who it would be one of us would jump out and go do it, do it yeah, yeah and the other guy's gonna be looking at the car or checking on everybody else one guy's we wouldn't call the police and, and, and we've already like we haven't talked about it but we know immediately this is going to be my role. Yeah. You know? Um, and even if we don't know immediately, it takes a couple of looks and off we go. Right? That's a skill that you learn over time. It's not something that just happens. Like we think it just happens, but it doesn't. We have to learn that. Um, and kids that are never a part of a team don't behave that way as men. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, – you know, relating this back to like our spiritual lives, because like I think what you just explained, there's so much like truth to your spiritual life as well. And the verse, the the idea that really comes back to my mind when you're talking about that is the body of Christ, you know, and yeah. how how the body works. It, everybody has different roles, but the body works together. And so I think competition, especially competition together, you know, that doesn't need to be in sports. That can be on speech team. That can be in a choir. That can be, um, you know, even in a classroom, you know. You're just all athletes here. That's <laughs> yeah, it just happens exactly. to be that way. Yeah. It just happens. <laughs> yep. But um, people learn, like, man, maybe I'm the foot, you know. And yeah. that means I get to go out and get to go do uh, you know, I, I'm going different places in the world. Maybe I'm the hand and I, you know, make things for the church. You know, I, I know how to do certain things, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I'm the, I'm the knee and connect and, and I'm the elbow and I connect. And so, um, people have different roles. God's provided us different skill sets in life. And what competition, especially team competition, working together allows us to do is to learn how to match those and to better our ourselves so that we can be and work together as the body of Christ here on earth. Um, so thanks for that, you know, that little mind uh, perspective. Like that definitely jogged, you know, a little bit something in me. It's just like, even at MLC, like how, how can I encourage people and encourage my fellow brothers and sisters to explore and to better cultivate the experience and 
and personality and characteristics that gods have given them. Like everybody at MLC brings in something different to the table. Um, and so let's not like shun people out for having a different, you know, characteristic or perspective, but let's like cultivate that perspective and allow it to encompass and to uh, w- allow us to better work together because we have different perspectives. We have different yeah. skill sets, you know? Well, and I think you can trade that out for MLC. You can just trade that out for the church, right? 100%. And yeah. you can, whether that's your local church or the church at large, Yeah. you know, oftentimes we throw out anything that doesn't look like us, right? Yeah. Well, not looking like us isn't this, unless you're talking about theology. Yeah, exactly. Not yep. looking like us isn't, a problem. Yeah. Not looking like us is a blessing in disguise if it's if it's disguised at all. Mm-hmm. Like it's an opportunity to grow. Yeah. Right? To do something different to reach more people with Jesus, which is the ultimate goal. Also, we were talking about you were talking you brought that perspective that like in church everyone has their own different skill sets and we all compete together and we're all making each other better. Uh, the same thing we can make reference to the Bible. I really do not like quoting Bible passages because I hate <laughs> taking Bible passages out of the context. But it is one that we've used in our wrestling program. It's uh, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And the same way... See, that's the nice thing about the Proverbs. They yeah, don't have Proverbs, any context. Yeah, <laughs> so it's just like iron sharpens iron, just like one man sharpens another yeah. man. So just like we play on one team and... Uh, you work hard, you push mm. me to work hard, and I work hard. And sometimes when you don't feel like working hard, I push you to work hard just yeah. because we are working together. Same thing in church. I'm not always going to have as a pastor good days, but I'm going to have church staff. I'm going to have staff ministers and teachers. And we're all working together yeah. for one purpose, sharing and glorifying God's word. And uh, I can like, I might not always feel my best. I might have a headache someday. I might sometimes get in an argument with my wife if I'm going to have one in the future, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is, it, is it coming? <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. Oh. no. Okay. Let's, right. let's not bring it up. Let's this is not a date. This is not a <laughs> dating slash marriage podcast, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, it's a man podcast. Okay, so wait, wait, hold on. Who were you hiking with earlier today? That's the other question. It was not a female. It was my friends. Uh, okay, Cooper, Noel, and Elijah. Oh, good dudes. Yeah, so Great dudes. anyway, go ahead. So yeah, so I was just saying. So like, not every day we're gonna, <laughs> not every day we're gonna have our best day. But working with each other, like competing together. Working for the better, for the per- for one purpose, you know, that's just, we make each other better. We make each other grow. It's like Pastor Mike Novotny, he said one time, he was doing uh, a podcast about, he did a church service about like reading Bible a long time ago. And he said, it's not about how you read, it's about with whom you read the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's very good not to read by yourself because another person can motivate you to read the Bible more often. Another person can... Uh, if you don't feel like reading it today, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, hey, we're doing it today. We're doing our devotional today, you know, mm-hmm. and you're going to still keep doing it. And you're going to do the same thing for this person. They can explain Bible verses that you don't understand. And you might explain Bible verses that you've heard from the pastor and this person have never heard it before. So especially if you're a new Christian, the best way to do find somebody who's been Christian for a while mm-hmm. and ask them, hey, do you want to read a Bible sometimes together? Because iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Yeah. I love it's one of my favorite things about seeing my best friend every day. See, I'm, if I'm dogging it, he'll just like I don't, I I never ask people this, and I probably should. But when I'm dogging it, or when I'm getting angry, or whatever it is, he just says, "Hey, you read your Bible today?" <laughs> Dang it! You're right. Like that is that definitely has something to do with it. Yeah. Um, just that perspective, just consistently coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that accountability. Yeah, and I think accountability is the the right word for what a uh, competition in a group setting does because like i do not want to let my brother to the right down i do not want to let my brother to the left down so i'm going to make myself the best i can be for the people around me and um you know kostia and me uh had a like uh we called it brothers in christ group first semester oh yeah that was a blessing and we met like once a week and just we just talked about life like we were honest with each other um and you know told each other like hey i'm struggling with this in this week can you please uh keep me accountable can you encourage me can you pray for me um, we, we didn't really withhold like who we were from them. We were, we were honest with each other. Each person shared kind of their background. Why, why really, they're here. Really know? deep thoughts. Yeah. Like, really deep thoughts. Like guys, they're we, private guys got emotional and like, um, 
to have that level of accountability, level of transparency with a person isn't a bad thing. That's a great thing as a Christian to have other Christians in your life who are able to speak truth and to give you advice and from the Bible um, and hold you accountable for struggles and sins and stuff. And um, I think for me as a pastor, my, my future or as a future pastor is my future goals and, and thinking is how can we best provide that for people in the church? Like where is a good situation? How do we create environments for people to have that authentic accountability with each other um, to be the body, you know, and yeah, yeah. use those competition, uh, those competition characteristics that we learned from growing up and seeing success in, in that. And how do we apply that to, you know, church and, and help people have those authentic um, accountability partners. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we've mentioned a couple of different times, healthy competition, right? Yeah. Um, obviously there comes a point where it's unhealthy. Yes, All good yeah. things at some point can be tainted, right? Um, how do you figure out where the line is? What What's appropriate and what's not, or what's healthy and what's not? I feel like every everything that you do, you do for the glory of God and everything that you do has to be out of love. As long as it's not out of love to other people and out of love to God, like if you compete, but your main goal not to help each other out, not to make you not to make you a better man and a stronger Christian in order so you can glorify God's name. If you compete just to I don't know bring somebody down, if you compete uh, not so much to make yourself better, that just to make somebody look worse. Uh, if you compete without the love in your heart, I feel like that's when it gets really unhealthy. Like when I compete with my friends in a training hall, we compete how much we can, like our football team lifts together and we lift together. And if I can lift more guys going to put more weights because they want to match with me. And if they beat me on clean and jerk or snatch or front squad, I'm going to try to put more weights next time so I can match with them. And it's not, we do it not, we do it not in order to show coach, oh, look at me, I'm better than this guy. We do it in order to push each other so we can, in the end of the day, keep winning conference championships. Mm. So if you do it for the purpose to show that coach, look how terrible he is and how good I am, that's when it gets unhealthy. But if you do it for the purpose, hey, I want you to be better. I want myself to be better. I want our team to be better. Let's do it together. That's where That's where it's healthy. And it's unhealthy when you just try to bring somebody down, I feel like. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I I think I really agree with Kostia when it comes to, I think competition gets unhealthy when you put competition ahead of you know your faith or put it ahead of other people. I honestly, when you put competition ahead of any any sort of personal goal, any sort of um, team goal, that's I think when it gets really unhealthy. And so for me in my life, you know, this may not be for for our listeners or for you guys, but I can tell when competition gets unhealthy for me is when I when I dwell on it past the moment. Um, oh. And so, yeah, so <laughs> that hits right here. <laughs> yeah, like um, in high school, uh, like my identity was really wrapped up in sports and wrapped up in competing, and it was really unhealthy because when I left the gym, left the weight room, left the classroom, you know, and things didn't go my way, I would I would be a different person, you know, I would dwell on that, um, and so all of a sudden I have this identity crisis. Of, of who am I really? Am I defined by my athletic achievements? Am I defined by the fact that I can compete? Or am I defined by the fact that I am a child of God? Um, and it wasn't until I went to the U and, you know, kind of got away from a competition uh, in the athletics and, you know, kind of took a step back from things that I, I found contentment in the fact that I am a child of God, you know? And so now, now that I'm here at MLC, um, my perspective as to what sports are to me have, has, has changed pretty radically. Um, no longer is it like what defines me. It's more of just, a, you know, it's a tool. It, it's something that I can, I want to make, push myself for the betterment of my teammates, but, um, I'm not going to dwell on the fact like, Hey, I played awful. Um, you know, I'm going to do my best to get better, but I'm not going to allow that to absolutely ruin my day or put that ahead of, you know, who I am ultimately. And that's a tough thing to do. Like it's yeah. a tough line to 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 wrestle with. Like um if you're a listener like I want you to let let you know that you're not alone. Like I can tell you in talking with Charlie and knowing myself and talking to Costia like as competitors that's something we wrestle <laughs> with on a daily, yeah. you know. And yeah. I think as a guy it's something that you you're going to have to wrestle with, you know. Yeah. 
Well, and the idea of leaving it in the gym or leaving it on the field as a court or whatever. Like, yeah. I can't tell you how many of my days have been ruined because Dude, I like, yeah. I because I the last like I I bowl once every five years. <laughs> my weekend shouldn't be ruined because I lost by two pins. You know, yeah. like um, playing around a golf. I've golfed maybe ten times in the last five years. Why am I so upset? Like, why is the back nine just miserable? Yeah. If I don't like, it's not something I practiced. So that those are those things that I can't enjoy that part of life because I'm so stinking competitive. Mm-hmm. Right. Those are things that look. Yeah. You know, get internal and be like, all right, what do I need to do in order to relax and enjoy this day Work with my on friends? It, yeah. I can instead. I can definitely relate to what you're saying. Yeah. It's like the same thing with me and basketball. Oh, man. I can do a lot of things in terms <laughs> of sports, but not basketball. <laughs> like, I'm just, I wasn't built for it. That's for sure. That's like, God bless me with a lot of abilities, but not in basketball. And I don't know. Like, I'm very balanced. I can do handstand walk and I can do many things. But, like, when I get a basketball in my hands, just <laughs> something just happens to my body. I, like, I'm not an athlete at that point. Like, I'm yeah. very unathletic when I get a basketball in my hands. And it's been times that guys are like, hey, do you want to go play some basketball and stuff? And we will go play basketball. And sometimes I, w- I struggle with that a lot. And I think I'm, I'm working on it still that – I would go and then after 15 minutes, instead of just enjoying and having fun with friends, I'm just getting upset because every single time I, get, I have the ball in my hands and I, have, and I can score, I, I can't. Like, and I always miss. Like, I can't make a point. And, like, and I'm so competitive that it's just like it gets into my head that's like, man, I'm so athletic and I'm faster and I'm stronger and I want to be good and I'm competitive. And everyone is just playing for fun and I'm doing my best and I'm not even on the same level. Like, far not. Instead. And that's what that's thoughts that are going through my head. Instead, hey, we're just messing around. We're having fun. Yeah. I missed the shot. We all left it off. I'm gonna <laughs> miss another one. You know, like like yeah. and that's something that's just like I wrestle a lot and it and it have happened to me many times and it's like something that might even ruin your relationship with your friends. You know, yes. like if you're being yes. so negative all the time because small little things that don't even matter People are going to have a hard time communicating with you. People are going to have a hard time trusting you. Mm-hmm. People are going to have a hard time inviting you to do things. Because, like, I, I realized that, like, man, if I'm going to get angry and upset every time I play basketball with my friends, I'm never going to get invited anymore. <laughs> like, people are going to be like, we just don't want to play with him. He's being a jerk and being getting all upset about yeah. it. So yeah. it's just like I told myself that no matter what, it's A, I don't play basketball and I do other things for fun with my friends. Or B, which is a lot better option, I think you should always do B, it's go play basketball, enjoy it, have fun, and remember that's not the end of the day. Because it's not something that should define my day is good or my day is going bad. Pivot and pass, man. Pivot and pass. Don't dribble that thing. Don't shoot. Pivot and pass. (laughs) Pivot and pass. pass. (laughs) There have been times that I've had to like physically remove myself from a pickup game of basketball or a... uh, some type of game because I can feel myself like heating, heating yeah up heating up inside. and it's like why the heck am I doing this it's like literally has no impact on my life whatsoever yeah, yeah. especially when you're the only guy be like this happens to me all the time it'll be it'll be some situation where I'm clearly the only one who cares yeah <laughs> it's like it'll it just gets me going yeah and you're going all right yeah like you said I'm gonna ruin I'm about to ruin my relationship with all these people yeah <laughs> I either need to calm down or leave and, and if I leave at this point, it might ruin a relationship anyway. So figure it out, man. And, and that, my friends, is when competition gets dangerous. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know. Awesome, guys. Glad to have you on. You know what my favorite thing about talking to you two is no matter where we went with this conversation, you guys just refused to talk about anything except for Jesus, which yeah. is awesome. Not that you were out of context. It was It was just I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. You guys made me a better man today. I appreciate that. I don't say that every time. So thank you. <laughs> wow. yeah. Now it sounds like I'm dissing the other dudes. I'm not dissing <laughs> them either. I don't know. Uh, Ezra, where can people find you if they want to get in contact with you? Yeah, so uh, I'm on Instagram, uh, Ezra Bloomer, uh, E-Z-R-A-B-L-U-M-E-R. Um, that's probably the best place. Yeah, just just there. Not on Twitter. <laughs> Kostya, where can people find you? Um, Instagram. You can find me on Instagram, Kostya Score. 
Don't put my full last name. It's ridiculous. K O S T I A. And I'm last name. <laughs> and I'm gonna be the and I'm gonna be the first person there. I usually I don't post much on there. Maybe some pictures, updates about my life once in a while. Maybe some Jesus stories and stuff. But besides that, I'm I mainly use it for just chatting. You just throw out your shirtless pic every once in a while. No, I don't. <laughs> just in a story, just a little. No, no I don't do that. No, I don't do that. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm gonna follow you anyway, though. You should, just in case. I'll follow, I'll, 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 I'll follow you back. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find uh, the Gerda Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, including Podbean, all those good places. You can find uh, us on Facebook. Just type in Gerda Podcast, and you can find the Gerda Community there as well, where we hopefully we'll do some more chatting, um, get to know each other a little yeah. bit better. Did, uh, you find us on... po- did you just say sorry for interrupt? Did you say Podbean? Podbean, yeah. Is it actually an so app? There is a, heard of yeah, it. it is an app. So that's the point. See, exactly. So there's there's two people that have been specifically asking me for years if I could get on Podbean. And it would have cost an extra, like an extra, quite a bit of money per year to get on there. And now the company that hosts the pod, the platform has a partnership with Podbean. So we're on Podbean now. Okay. So yeah. I got to make sure I tell everybody we're on Podbean. You, know? okay. um, you can watch all these. If you're listening, you can watch all these videos on YouTube. Um, and there's also more. Uh, there's, an, there's a gogi videos meant for young men on uh, YouTube as well, and you can find us on Instagram at girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man, <laughs> um, and you can always email me or check on the website for updates. Um, if you know anybody that wants to build a website, let me know. <laughs> and uh, watch out, we're ordering T-shirts this week, so Ooh, watch out for new on. gear coming your direction. Let me know, I'll order too. one. Awesome, yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, love you all. Go be the man that God created you to be. Peace. Bye, guys. You guys rock. That was a good one. That was a very good one. That was a really good talk. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.